Hello, and welcome to the Connecting Citizens to Science podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kim Ozano, and this is a podcast where we discuss how researchers and scientists connect with communities and people across the globe to solve challenges together. If you have an interest in co-production, community engagement and involvement, community participation or participatory research, then this is a podcast for you. We hope you enjoy this episode and don't forget to like, share, rate and subscribe. In today's episode, we are discussing a really important topic, meaningful participation and inclusion when working with marginalized communities. We hear these terms all the time, but what does this really look like in practice? How do we ensure that power dynamics that are often unequal are managed and that the relevant stakeholders are at the table? We're going to be exploring that together with a research program called Redress. Redress aims to reduce illness, stigma, social exclusion, and poverty caused by severe stigmatizing skin diseases in Liberia. And many people affected by these stigmatizing skin diseases lack access to health and social services. And this results in significant physical and psychosocial consequences, as well as complex treatment journeys and catastrophic social economic impacts. Severe stigmatizing skin diseases, by definition, are neglected tropical diseases or NTDs with signs on the skin and include lymphatic filariasis, leprosy, burly ulcer, yaws, and onchocerciasis. Today, Hannah Berrien, who is a research fellow for the Patient Engagement and Person-Centered Approaches thematic area for Redress, and Shireen Troudry, a researcher and PhD student at the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine, who is also passionate about participatory research, join me in a discussion about participation and inclusion and how these impact on the partnerships and power dynamics that exist when trying to improve the health and well-being of marginalized people. Shireen speaks to us from Liverpool and Hannah from Liberia. We asked them both to tell us a bit more about the work that they've been doing and why they are so passionate about participation and inclusion. I currently work as a researcher and PhD student at the Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine, and it's been a real honour to work on Redress. My area of focus within the programme has been particularly on mental health and the inclusion of marginalised populations, such as people affected by stigmatising skin diseases. Um, this has a real focus on holistic care and also on disability inclusion. And that is a real reason why I'm so passionate about participatory approaches, because I feel that they really bring, you know, inclusion and ways to be accessible and how we can really include people within redress in meaningful ways. I am Hannah Berrien. I'm a research fellow for patient engagement and person-centered approaches thematic area on the Redress Project. In this thematic area, I collaborate with persons affected in the community to ensure the research approaches are guided and also responsive to their needs and priorities. Redress really consider participation and inclusion as something very key. At the initial stage of the project, we collaborate with the community health workers. We also recruited uh, persons affected as co-researchers, and those uh, persons affected, they were trained on the different research methods that we are doing on the project. And also, we work with other key stakeholders like the informal health providers, the community leaders. So all of those persons, they were included on the Redress project, and they all participated in a key learning from uh, 
those uh, community health workers as co-researchers will also be beneficial to their county health team as they implement their different roles. I was motivated to participate in this research project because I believe my capacity and skills will be built and I would also contribute to strengthening the health system and improving the lives of persons affected by skin NTD in my country. One of the things that Redress did early on in the program was to develop a community engagement and involvement strategy. And they set out their definition of what this means as the meaningful, respectful and fit for purpose involvement of a range of community members in one or more aspects of the research project. We wanted to know a little bit more about what that looked like in practice, Shireen tells us. So when we talk about participation and inclusion within Redress, I guess we can talk about it from inclusion first. So really, this relates to who do we want to include within the research process. And so within Redress, we really thought about what gaps there were and who we need to work with. And of course, as mentioned, we worked with people with lived experience. And this is people affected by stigmatizing skin diseases. But this also included actors at the community level. So, for example, community health workers, community health assistants, but then also um, different health actors at the different levels of the healthcare system, as well as the Ministry of Health. We really thought about how can we then include these people, um, you know, in meaningful ways. And we always talk about meaningful ways, but what does this actually mean? And this really means participation in how can people be involved in the research process in actually actioning change and having, you know, a part in the research process. And so the way we designed Redress was using that participatory approach. So first working together to find out the gaps and then working together again to co-develop solutions. And so we then co-develop solutions for different areas, thematic areas within Redress. And this included case management, case detection, but also managing mental health um, and reducing stigma and also um, developing peer support groups. And this was all co-developed with these actors. So once we had used these participatory methods, research methods, we were able to then co-develop these solutions, implement them, and then evaluate them. And this really included working with all stakeholders to attend county-level dissemination workshops. We also set up technical advisory boards, working with different groups, such as the Mental Health Working Group. And this included um, members of the NTD program, but also the Mental Health program within um, the Ministry of Health. All the tools that we developed were then sense-checked with um, end users, so people affected by skin diseases but also the community health workers who would be using these tools. We also set up a community advisory board, which included people affected and also informal providers such as traditional and faith healers. They have been really involved throughout the whole process of the research. We have been asking them for guidance as well, and their knowledge has been really valuable throughout. This collaborative approach was really quite admirable, and we really wanted to know a little bit more about how persons affected responded to being part of a research program. We all know that when we involve co-researchers from the community, that there's a level of capacity strengthening that both us as researchers and our co-researchers need to go through so that we can work together in a meaningful way. We asked Hannah how they responded when asked to be involved in a research project. 
this was the first of its kind for me to support and build persons affected by skin NTD skills and capacity. Persons affected uh, that we recruited on a redress project was very excited to participate and also passionate about learning. Our persons affected, some came with high school or diploma and uh, they could read and write. So we were able to train them on the different or research methods that we are using, for example, on the photo force, on a reflective diary, on collecting health facility and health worker, uh, workers data. So we were able to train them. And some of them also have some involvement in their different community activities. So they have strength in that. And uh, those persons affected, they were able to cooperate doing a uh, different capacity building section. So coupled with the training that we provided for them, they were very excited to participate in a research process. And they are very excited to see the outcome of redress uh, uh, project. It's uh, useful to their future career in a different community. It was a very exciting experience and moment for me being able to build the skills of those persons affected. Some of them told me that in their life, they have not uh, participated in a research. Uh, now they are able to use uh, research tools they are able to conduct interviews, and they do have skills that people can call upon. If there is another project in a different counties, they are available to work on it, and they do have skills that could be transferred to those different projects. Hannah talks about PhotoVoice. PhotoVoice is a creative participatory method where participants are given cameras or use their phones to take photographs of the reality and to provide narratives alongside that. Redress supported participants, uh, co-researchers and people affected by severe stigmatizing skin diseases to take ownership of their stories and be the storytellers of their own narratives. Co-researchers were recruited as part of the core research team and they then supported and trained other people affected within their communities as photo voice participants to take photographs and articulate their meanings. You can see the results of this in PhotoVoice booklets at the Redress website, so do check that out. We wanted to understand a little bit more about how power dynamics were managed within the Redress program. We are aware that when you bring people affected, like co-researchers in this study, with health system stakeholders, there can be power inequities that can play out and limit the participation of some of the research members. We asked Shireen how these were managed in redress. Managing power dynamics, I have to say, was really an iterative process and we really did a lot of learning along the way. But I think what really helped us was at the beginning of redress, we brought all stakeholders together and we decided to co-create some values. And I think this really set up, you know, the approach that we would all take. And this included sharing of power, you know, the idea that the research is jointly owned and that we all work together for a shared understanding and building and maintaining relationships 
relationships is such a key part in that. This really does take time and really being able to respect and value the knowledge of everyone involved in the research. This really includes valuing local knowledge. So we worked with traditional healers, faith healers, as they are often the first point of contact for many persons affected. And we always assume there may be a gap between the former health system and the informal health system. So this was something that we decided to really approach carefully within Redress. And this included having open conversations. So for example, community health workers, how would they like to be involved? And the same for traditional and faith healers, you know, how would they like to be involved and what's important to them? What challenges do they face? I think what's really important in managing power dynamics is, again, thinking about ways we communicate. So the way we would communicate with the former health system, for example, the language, the jargon we may use, it was really important for us to make sure that we were using local terminologies, especially specific conditions, for example, Beruli ulcer, that is known as Bigfoot. We really learned from the expertise of our co-researchers, as Hannah has mentioned, it was really about multi-directional learning and capacity building on both sides, really. We learned so much from our co-researchers, just as we were able to also share our experiences around different participatory methodologies, thinking about learning from each other and also thinking about different ways to communicate really helped think about the different ways we could manage um, those power dynamics. And again, it's not always an easy answer, but we had to really think through different ways we could do this. For example, at the midterm review meeting, where we all decided to look through how the intervention was going, um, we realized that some of the PowerPoint presentations may not be as well received to our co-researchers and informal health providers who may not have the same level of literacy. So then we decided to break up the agenda into little world cafe sessions where we would just break up into small groups and have discussions rather than a PowerPoint presentation. And I think that really helped because we then thought about communication and I think we got a lot more fruitful conversations this way and we were able to get feedback as well. So it was a different stage of learning and we've been continuing to learn throughout the process. Working with traditional and faith healers is quite unique to Redress. Hannah told us a bit more about what it was like to work so closely with this community. Working with uh, traditional and faith healers was a great experience for me. From the onset of their engagement to participate. I was a little bit afraid, but they are very good and interesting people to work with. During the recruitment uh, process and meeting, they informed me that people don't usually recruit them on projects. So they were happy to be a part of the redress project. They were recruited to participate and we trained them on photo force and reflective diary and uh, where they reflected on how they have provided care for persons affected by skin entities. They were also uh, trained on a redress intervention, job aid, and also uh, where they are to identify patients and refer them to the health facility. So they agreed to do that as part of their job. When we were doing a follow-up visits with them, all of them were available during the uh, photo voice follow-up. And uh, they participated in the dissemination meeting where they shared their work back to the community. So we have a very good relationship with them. Sometimes they call me and I also call them. Working with the traditional faith healers was a very good experience for me. 
Shireen and Hannah shared a lot with us about how co-researchers were involved in the research process of collecting data. But we also wanted to understand how we can work together with communities to analyze data together. Shireen tells us the process of doing this in Redress. So the co-analysis process has been really interesting and there are different layers to it. And we've done this in Redress and also my PhD too. After the participatory methods had been conducted, there was also a reflective session afterwards with our co-researchers, asking them to reflect on the visual output that they had produced and what it really spoke to. And so we had the transcript, but then we also had the imagery along with the reflective session as well. So the first session was with us as a research team. We worked together to read through the different transcripts. We then wrote down on sticky notes emerging themes that were coming through the transcripts. And then we stuck these on our wall and grouped them together to see if we were coming up with similar things. Then the second half was to then do the same session with co-researchers. A lot of our methods aren't really conducive to different groups with varying literacy levels. So the way we adapted the first analysis, instead of reading through long transcripts, some of the co-researchers listened to audios. Um, And so listening to the audio, we just had some guiding questions. What is the person saying in their story? Or what has been mentioned around emotions? Or what has been mentioned around barriers faced when accessing care? This really brought out um, really interesting themes. Again, this was a way of triangulating the data. So we found similar themes coming through. And that really kind of helped with um, rigor in our research. But it also brought up some things that the co-researchers were able to give different perspectives as well. Once they had also written the post-it notes, and sometimes some co-researchers were able to write on the post-it notes themselves, but then they also had research um, fellows and us as well to support them. So there we have it. Some excellent examples of how we can work together with our communities to not only collect data through capacity strengthening, but also to co-analyze that data together so we can be ensured that our interpretation, perceptions, and dissemination is accurate. This is especially important when working with marginalized communities, such as people affected by severe stigmatizing skin diseases. To sum up the episode, we asked Shireen and Hannah what advice they have for others who want to be more inclusive in their research programs. The advice I would give for anyone else who would like to be more inclusive in their research would be from the outset to really think about diverse perspectives and embrace them. And this includes people with lived experience um, and also engaging in communities in a way that moves beyond extraction and really is collaborative and that you can um, address power dynamics. This is always an iterative process and co-creating values can really help this and especially in creating those accessible spaces through the ways in which we communicate, the ways in which we design methodologies and work together. So I really think that these are the main learnings for me. And I always feel that we learn more from our challenges. So I think building in that time to build that trust and also building in time to be reflexive and to be able to adapt methods and learning along the way is one of the biggest lessons that I've had. What I have learned about participation and inclusion is that it is very helpful to a research project where it allows stakeholders to be more engaged and feel part of the research project. This is what we did in a redress project. We collaborated with all levels of participants, the national level, 
where we collaborated with key stakeholders like the Meta Health Division, the Community Health Division. We also collaborated with the county health team, the community leaders, the traditional and fit healers, and even persons affected by skin entities. So I will advise order to ensure the research is inclusive of the end user, and this will help them to give them more positive outcome of the project. And the end users will also feel the project is their own and it will make them to participate instead of them saying that, you know, the project belongs to the government or donors. Some excellent advice there. So thank you to our guests for such an insightful discussion and sharing of experiences of working with people who are marginalized and have lived experience of severe stigmatizing skin diseases. If you want to know more about the Redress program, go to redressliberia.org and have a look at their community engagement and involvement strand. You can also see interviews from some of the co-researchers within that as well. So do check it out. And to our listeners, as always, thank you for your dedication and listening to this episode. Do like, share, rate and subscribe so that we can continue to collect voices and experiences such as those from today and really drive forward the agenda to be more inclusive of communities. Until next time, have a good day.